On this Owl's Nest Barbecue broadcast, we talk with barbecue icon Malcolm Reed. This is a good one. Make sure you listen. Thank you. Here comes the owl, and you know what that means. You know what that means. It's time for the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show right here from the studios of the Owl's Nest Barbecue Research Center. I'm Steve Ray. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Big show tonight. We want to remind everybody that we are brought to you by Michelin Tires, from the Michelin Defender LTX to the Michelin MXV4. The Michelin Tires have a tire. Michelin Tires have a tire for your car, truck, or SUV. Don't let your family ride on anything else than Michelin Tires. We're also brought to you by the Green Mountain Grill. That's right, all in stock at the Owl's Nest Barbecue Store. We've got the Jim Bowie. We've got the Daniel Boone. We've got the pizza inserts. We have the mats. We have the covers. We've got the pellets. We've got it all Green Mountain Grill available at the Owl's Nest barbecue supply store thanks you thanks to west phillips and the um good folks over at um <laughs> west is going to kill me you know i i i call, I, I texted west to make sure i said don't blow it tonight okay <laughs> and there i am blowing it backyard smokers on facebook west phillips they do a great job it's a great site on facebook go there and uh, lots of information there and also we appreciate jeff maxwell Back at the house, uh, monitoring the uh, chat. So if you have any questions, he'll uh, try to answer them and, or try to get them to me where I can see them. Uh, I have a hard time seeing the chat sometimes, but, um, but that's okay. We've got all that going on. got a great show tonight. Let's go right to it real quick. Ta-da. How about that? Rochelle and Malcolm Reed. How are you doing, guys? Doing fantastic. How's it going, Steve? Um, it, it's going great here in Noodle Watch. It's going great. The um, the Reeds, of course, Malcolm and Rochelle, Killer Hogs Barbecue Team. They compete in MBN, KCBS, SCA, World Food Championships. Do you do any IBCA? Uh, no, never done any IBCA. They do that weird. I, should, I say weird chicken. We do weird chicken. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. A, like a like a a quarter a quarter chicken, half chicken, whatever it's called. Um, SCA. So what? We do the SCA. I, I, I was just getting ready to get to that. The SCA, the State Cook-Off Association, where you have, um, you, you've been pretty successful in that one, haven't you? I've done okay. Shell, actually, uh, she won her golden ticket last week, so she's, uh, she's the one you got to watch out for. So are you going to get to go this year to Dallas? Uh, it'll be in March, right? Yeah. On, on March? Yeah. Did they? They pushed it, yeah. It's. So it's not this. So it's not this November. No, no, it's actually they moved it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, di I didn't know that. I should have watched that um, Mike McLeod video that's floating around on on uh, <laughs> Facebook, shouldn't I? Yeah. Well, the World Foods is still it's still a go, I hear. But the, the SCA champion. Oh, the SCA champ. Oh, the, okay, okay, okay. I'm. I get it. You said golden. You said golden ticket. I assumed that was World Food, but it's the SCA's golden ticket. One of those two are going to have to change the name of their ticket. 
because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get all confused. All right, before we start talking about tailgating, and that's what I really want to focus on tonight, guys, because I think this year, Malcolm and Rochelle, this is going to be the biggest year for tailgating we have ever seen. And uh, I want I want you to give people great ideas because I know you're a big football fan, and uh, like me, you're a big grilling fan, and um, I'm sure when people when people ask Malcolm and Rochelle Reed over to the house for the tailgate or the driveway gate party, they expect you to bring some food, don't they? Yeah, that's always the case. <laughs> I guess it'd be like kind of like having um, Elvis come over and expecting him to sing. Somebody's going to sing and somebody's going to cook. But before we get to that, I want, I, want to, I want to tell you a little bit about Hernando, Mississippi. We're going to tie all this in together. So you guys just stay with me and work with me. We do this occasionally when we have guests on, okay? From uh, Malcolm and Rochelle are from Hernando, Mississippi. Now, who other than Malcolm and Rochelle Reed are the most famous residents of Hernando, Mississippi? Oh, you moved to Hernando. Yeah, we're only, we've only been here four years, so we're, we're still, you know. Now, now, where do you move to Hernando from? Well, we were from right outside of Memphis in a town called South Haven. Oh, okay. So is like is that like a step up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The most, famous, the most famous resident. Now, he wasn't born there, but he lives there. Now, he's your neighbor, Jerry Lee Lewis. Now, where's Nesbitt? It's in between South Haven and Hernando. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's close enough to Hernando to say he's from there. Okay? All right, now, now Jerry Lee Lewis, now I'm going to tie this all together, so stay with me. He studied, when he was young, at the Southwest Bible Institute in Waxahachie, Texas, who also is from there, Malcolm? Uh, Matt Pippen. Right, you're, you're, you're well aware of that, Okay. He was married seven times, not Matt. This is Jerry Lee Lewis. His most famous marriage was number three, and that was to Myra Brown. Now, what made this special was Myra was Jerry Lee Lewis's first cousin once removed, and she was 13 when they were married. He was 22. Jerry Lee Lewis is known as the killer, not for shooting and wounding his bass player in his band or over the suspicious death of his number four wife, Elizabeth, who drowned in a swimming pool, and Lewis told authorities he was in the house sleeping. He's called the killer for the way that he knocks out the audience. Now we're going to tie it all together now, okay? Jerry Lee Lewis and Malcolm and Rochelle, your neighbors, okay? Now, you're friends with the famous resident of Waxahachie, Texas? Matt Pittman. You got it. And guess where Matt Pittman's from? Right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How about that? I told you I would bring it all together. It's like the six degrees of Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Somebody is has a has a um, old um, a connection with you guys. Okay, and, and there it is. All right, let's talk let's talk tailgating. Malcolm, when now first of all, you're a football fan. Now what are some of now now is there any 
How close are you to Oxford? Oh, about an hour. Okay. I went ahead and put my old Miss shirt on for you tonight. I, I, that's why I asked you that. Um, so, have you been to the Grove? Oh, of course. Okay. So you so you. So what? I said I went to Ole Miss. So you know. I've oh, been a lot of I didn't. Okay, I didn't know you went to Ole Miss. Oh my gosh. So we're just having a big Southeastern Conference reunion here. So Starkville, Oxford. All right. When you were when you were going to the Grove, Malcolm, t- tell me tell tell me in the audience the tailgating experience at the Grove because it is a special place. There there's nothing there's no tailgating experience like the Grove in, in Oxford, Mississippi. It is on game day. There's probably just as many people outside uh, socializing, cooking food, the tent set up, the whole nine yards, um, as there is inside the stadium. I mean, if we've got 60,000 inside, there's another 60 outside just hanging out. Um, they have chandeliers and tents. Yeah, it's not like a regular tailgate. It's yeah. not tailgates on trucks. It is tailgates the back. Yeah. Rochelle, describe the describe the area that's called the Grove. Is it a, a like a is it a? I, I imagine I've never been there, but I imagine live oaks, tents on each side of a road, people uh, transport transferring back and forth. Tents as far as you can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just rows and rows and rows of tents, yeah. and, and big tents, colorful tents with chandeliers in them and uh, champagne fountains. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's ridiculous. So we're not talking the SCA pop-up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the full setup, and it's not you know. The, so the Grove is is like you said, it's a, it's a um, a bunch of live oak trees, center of campus, and Ole Miss it's a Grove of trees. It's a huge area. It mm-hmm. goes, you know, there's the Lyceum Loop, which is kind of the old part of campus where the old building was, and then the Grove got developed out in front of it, out in front of a, a bunch of the you know the law school and a bunch of different other college. Uh, college is there mm-hmm. and so it's it's always been um the centerpiece uh for the walkthrough for the football teams when they leave the athletic uh dorms or you know the headquarters they walk through the grove over to the field house to the stadium and so people just started tailgating and just lining up all in there so we can see the players you can see the coach the band plays they usually set up a big stage for um you know almost like a game day atmosphere mm-hmm. every game, even though even though ESPN's not there, we used to have Jefferson Pilot there all the time. That was our big broadcast in Mississippi. But um, yeah, it's uh, the Grove is a special place. It's generations, generations of families, you know, take their kids and the people, and they, they just go to the Grove for football games. And it's it's really a big part of of uh, Saturday college football in the state of Mississippi. All right, when when the when the Reeds pull into the Grove, what's on the menu? Yeah. You try to prep as much as possible, even of the meats and stuff. And then, say, so you've got your cold foods, and then you've got your foods that Malcolm will cook on the grill. Yeah, so, we, you know, there's been a lot of times in the Grove where we take a grill. Uh, usually it's something smaller because you got to carry everything in now. You can't just pull up and unload anymore. Yeah. But, you know, when I, and I, you know it's been I, ha- I haven't been in the past couple of years. I don't even know if they allow live fire now, but they used to. And we would take grills, and we would cook. All your typical game day fare, uh, brats, chicken wings, 
burgers, dogs, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Um, Bacon oh, rolls, uh, uh, jalapenos. Yeah, but, yeah, the, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, ABTs? Yeah, yeah. Yep. All that, um, you know, uh, the moint balls, that was always a big one that people like. I like to, when I do tailgate food, um, it's, it's not a sit down and eat type food. It's something you grab, you walk around, you may have a little plate in one hand, but you got to have another hand that you can uh, use to eat stuff. And it's kind of like finger food that you eat outdoors at a social gathering. Exactly. So, so ribs and, you know, pulled pork sandwiches and all that stuff. Yeah, that doesn't go real well because you don't have a place to always sit down and put a plate down and enjoy a, a dinner or lunch. You know, it's, it's mainly standing around walking, socializing. So you got to think of it like that way when you're doing tailgate type food. So, at least that's the way I look at it. Yeah, so, so how, like, how far advanced do you two start planning um and, and let's say we're not going to the grove let's say we're going to go down to let's say mark lambert's having us over and we're going to the lambert's for a a, a, a tailgate party what uh what how will y'all divide the duties as a couple who are going to this party i usually <laughs> do the outdoor cooking and shell does all the indoor stuff so all... the first thing we do is make a list yeah say, what are we taking what do we need store what do we, you know what do we need to do we make kind of a plan of attack uh once we have all our ingredients how are we gonna uh, execute it you know we usually start prepping if it's a big event we might start prepping on thursday thursday um, night yeah yeah, yeah. but definitely on friday, friday. yeah now, i like to on game days i don't want to be cooking too much the whole goal is to have something that you can do fast so you can enjoy the time yeah there's there's no there's no real barbecuing going on at a tailgate is there not usually, and typically it's a lot of warming up or cooking something that you can cook fast. Yeah. So if I did do pulled pork, we, you know, a lot of times we'll do pulled pork for a tailgate, but we'll have that pulled pork already cooked, and then we'll serve it slider style, where we'll take you know these packs of slider buns, put them on a tray, take all the top buns off, load them up with the warm meat, sauce, a little coleslaw, whatever you want to put on it, put the buns back, and then Shell will put them on a nice platter. So people can grab a little sandwich that we have toothpicked, where it's just a one, you know, uh, one-handed deal. It's not a big jumbo pork sandwich. Yeah. Now, Rochelle, when you're doing the potato salad and, and coleslaw, are, are you the, are you the type? Do you do it homemade style, or do you run to the, I don't know, what's the grocery store in in Hernando, Mississippi? What is it? Publix, huh? Kroger. Kroger. Okay. Do you run to the Kroger and? Let them let them handle it. And, and either way is good. Um, it's kind of a mix of both. There's some stuff that we kind of know, this is really good, you know. Like we have a chicken salad at our local Kroger that's really good that mm -hmm. I'll take and like doctor it up a little bit. Yeah. And if I'm short on time, I might take a potato salad from Sam's and doctor it up a little bit. Um, but most of the time, I want it, I want it to be the best it can be, so I'm going to... Do it, make it homemade. We've got a couple coleslaw. We've got a coleslaw and potato salad recipe that's on our website that we worked hard um, over the years to perfect, and that's the one recipe we always pull up. And it's it's kind of like a loaded potato salad. You know, it's it's the typical potato salad, but it has extra bacon in it, and has a little cheese, and yeah. it has some sour cream in it. So it's more of a tailgate style potato salad. You know, a little a little cheese goes a long way in a potato salad. And, and the reason I asked it, I, I love I love a good coleslaw, and I love potato salad. I'll, I, you know, I don't, Malcolm. I don't know how you are when I, 
when I go to a barbecue restaurant, I very seldom order barbecue anymore because, uh, you, you know, you know what I'm saying. And um, and uh, I'll I'll some there's, there's it's not unusual for me to make a a a sides, you know, make my meal the sides, you know, the, the beans, the potato salad, and the coleslaw, and uh, you know because you just get tired of eating barbecue, and and um, you don't want the guy coming. Well, what do you think? What do you think? Like like it matters what I think. You know, well, you got great potato salad. I can tell you that because I didn't have any barbecue. But you're darn right, it's important. It's, it's real important. Cisco potato salad and slaw. I'm not going to think too much of it. <laughs> um, so you'll doctor it up a little bit, and then I guess now tell me about the the system, Malcolm. Do you still make lists when you're going to compete? I'm I'm a lister. I, I know you know you know you see a lot of people with their cell phones and their computers. I'm I'm old school, man. I got the pencil and the paper, and I'm I'm writing down what I need. And as the as the days go, I'm sc scraping off. When they go into the cook trailer, you know, I'm crossing off. Is that the way you do it? Exactly. I have a list. I have pretty much my my trailer list, mm -hmm. all the stuff I need to take. I have my shopping list, and I know that I've got to go rebuy the fresh stuff that I'm going to need for each contest. Then I have um, another list that I have to where, as we use it in the trailer, I can mark that I need to rebuy stuff. Yeah. So and then I have all the alarms on my phone that I set for times I need to be doing stuff because it's easy to get sidetracked talking to people. You know, how it is a barbecue. It's a lot of fun. A lot of, you know, it's real communal. There's always somebody coming in, you know, talking your ear off or, you know, pulling you over here to go see something else. Yeah. You get sidetracked. So if you don't have a list and if you don't have uh, kind of like a, a time sheet where you need to be doing stuff, uh, it makes it difficult, or at least for me, it does. Well, well, sure. A, a good a good schedule, then, is what is what uh, you, you're suggesting people take. Just and, and stay on that schedule. Now, what kind of cookers are you are you taking to the games? Um, well, typically, I would just take um, a Weber grill. That's one of my main ones. I mm -hmm. take. And then, a, and then, you know, or a PK. That's they they pack down and try. I don't travel with my Weber as much anymore since I started cooking on PKs for state contests. Mm -hmm. uh, just because they pack down so easy. Um, you know, you can put the PK original down in the cart, and it, you can't hardly turn it over in the back of the truck. Or you put a Weber grill back there, and you're fighting the three legs. And yeah. Go flying and everything. So the PKs do really well. Uh, you can also cook low and slow on them. I mean, I usually don't take a, a smoker or anything like that to a tailgate just because I'm not there, you know, long enough to, to do a low and slow cook or anything. But, you know, a drum wouldn't be a bad option if you wanted to take a drum. They're pretty transportable. Pit Barrel Junior or something. Yeah, we had taken the Pit Barrel Junior, the smaller. And, the smaller. and you can go, you and you can go hot and fast on a Pit Barrel. Yeah, yeah, they, they work. They work great as a grill too, and I've done, you know, I've done that a lot of times. You know, I've um, been to. <laughs> crock pot. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of crock pots. You, you see a lot of crock pots. Yeah. So you can run your TV, satellite dish, it's crock pots off of it, no problem. Your satellite dish. So y'all take a dish. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. You gotta have, you gotta have TV, man. You gotta watch game day out there. <laughs> and watch the early games. So I've never, I've never packed, I've never packed a dish. Oh yeah. I've packed every, like I've packed about just about everything you've said, but I've never packed a dish. You know, here in Chattanooga, uh, where where UTC plays, 
we have a, an indoor pavilion and it's really it's really a neat uh, neat setting you can pull into this huge old foundry pavilion and you can cook uh, that's where people tailgate at and and you know, oftentimes you'll see people uh, before game day or before game kickoff time they've been there since five in the morning trying to do something low and slow you, you know and by the time you know by the time four o'clock rolls around or two th two o'clock or noon whatever time kickoff is you know they're they're just zombie they're 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 too tired to actually go to the game and and that's what that's why I wanted to to get to that point was it's almost pointless to try to do quote real barbecue as far as that you know serving it hot off the pit isn't it it's just too hard yeah you, the times i've seen it done um guys are more catering than they are actually going to tailgate when i go to a game i'm going to enjoy the tailgate i'm not going to serve a lot of people of course i got to have some good food if i'm it's going to be my spot but i'm not there to pretty much uh you know feed the masses barbecue mm -hmm. a lot of guys and i do know and i've been to several where they'll pull their whole barbecue rig and they're and they're there just to cook barbecue for the whole you know the whole the tent basically yeah and we're talking you know they may have 150 200 people coming to that one but they're not there i mean they, they'll have a game on tv but they're not there for the actual game yeah they're there they're there to cook the food and that's so they're you know they're kind of running it as, as kind of like a business i would imagine and while the game's going on, they're probably cleaning up watching the game. And then, right. and then they'll watch the second half and shag right. out of there. Now, in the Grove, is, it, is, there, is, there a big, is it a big event after the game back at the, uh, at the area? It depends. <laughs> it depends on if they beat Mississippi State. <laughs> yes, it has been a lot of losses. But, um, yeah, I've been to the Grove many a times with the band to play way into the night after a big victory, you know. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now, Alabama, they're going to party till the next till daylight. <laughs> hey, we all. Hey, if anybody beats Bama, I guarantee they're going. We're going to be. We'll be partying too. Now, Rochelle, were you at, at Mississippi State when Malcolm was at uh, at Ole Miss? Uh, no, I'm a little younger than Malcolm. Okay, okay. <laughs> I got me young, Steve. So you went to uh, Chucky e. Chuck e. Cheese and got one, right? Okay, that's good. <laughs> No, that's not. That's 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 livable. Um, you know, you know, the the tailgating thing is fun, and uh, the the dynamics of of putting a meal together, uh, you know, with your husband and wife is, is always a, is always a fun time. Um, any 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 ever any friction? Like don't like Malcolm. Do you ever like like watch her do something? No, don't do don't do it that way. Uh, <laughs> Micromanager way too much. It's just it's in my nature. I can't, you know. He wants it to be right. Yeah. I understand that. Well, now Rochelle, do you go? Do you reciprocate and go out to the um, go out to the uh, porch when he's cooking? And say, Malcolm, you need to turn that down. She lets me know if I'm doing it wrong. She definitely lets me know if I'm doing it wrong. Time to check that. Yeah. <laughs> in the time to check that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and cooking food for people. You yeah, know, we, we really entertain a lot. She'll, she'll love, I mean, she's, you talk about there's not a platter or serving dish or something that she doesn't have. Yeah. So we, you know, we love putting on, uh, tailgates is one of our big things we do. I mean, we, you know, we, 
they're not really tailgates because they're here at the house. But, I mean, it's it's kind of our way of tailgating. And I think that's what people are going to be doing this year if we get to have football. You know, it's going to be – I don't think it'll be as big – tailgate crowds at the games but people will be doing them at home well that's what i wanted to, that's what i wanted to move into you know um your buddy matt Pittman, down in waxahachie texas i think he got famous uh cooking at tailgate parties for the cowboys is yeah. the way i understand it i may i may be wrong but I, that's the way i understood his profession started as, as a cook and and it was interesting to note that just today or yesterday Jerry Jones said that the Dallas Cowboys were going to play in front of their fans. So, um, and I thought that was a pretty, a pretty bold statement to say, but he said, you know, we're playing in front of fans. I don't care what you guys do. You know, we're, the Cowboys are going to play in a packed stadium like they always do. So, but what about, what, let's see, let's, let's say, let's say Tennessee makes the drive down to Oxford this year. And I think, I think the way the schedule is, I think we've got Ole Miss this year. I, I, I believe. Have you seen the schedule? I haven't seen the revised one. I'm, I'm not, you know. I don't know if they released it. Yeah, it they, like well, it was it was leaked. About, I think I think we've got Ole Miss. And I think and I think it's there. So, but but if there's no fans, what do you envision? Um, your neighborhood, the Grove, in your area, coping with uh, a football game that's going to be televised with no fans in the stand. You know, college, I mean, college football is a fan atmosphere. That's what the big part of it is. Sure it is. Ups and downs of college football, there's nothing like it. I can't imagine. It's the one sport where I think you absolutely need fans. I mean, we can watch baseball. We can watch basketball or hockey or something mm-hmm. like that on TV without fans. But college football, man, I just don't see it without, without fans in the stands. Well, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to move to that. Have you heard – um, you know, they're, they're talking 25% here in Knoxville, which is basically 25,000 people. Um, That's our governor. Our governor is really for pro football. I mean, he's wanting to see football played this year. I know there's going to be some cutbacks on attendance, and, the, and of course there'll be a mask mandate, but I think it's so important to, I mean, the people at the SEC, I mean, you know, the part of the country we live in, that college football, it's, it's in all of our blood. Oh, it's true. Right. It's religion. There's no doubt. Now you're big. You're a big pro fan too, aren't you? Oh yeah. Who's your Who's your team in pros? Minnesota Vikings fan. The Vikings. Yeah. Are you kidding? No, nope, no. Nope. My dad, me and my brother. I guess he. I don't know where he got the tickets, but they had a um, a preseason game in Memphis mm-hmm. uh, back when I was a kid. I mean, I may have been seven or eight. My brother's you know, about sixteen months younger than me, so we were little guys. And my dad took us to see pro football, and it was the it was the Vikings playing the Chiefs, and we picked the, we picked the Vikings to win, and they won that. You know, that we kind of gravitated towards that purple color, I guess, and mm-hmm. and they won that game. And me and my brother have kind of been Vikings fans ever since. I mean, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? You got nothing, no. <laughs> yeah, no connection to Minnesota, but you like the Vikings. When I was growing when I was growing up in Richmond, Virginia, my college team was Notre Dame. But my pro team was Los Angeles, the Rams. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Now Notre Dame, we we got the next day feed in Richmond from the from the day before Notre Dame game. Lindsey Nelson used to do the, you know, the recap feed. So that's obviously that's why we were Notre Dame fans. Plus we were Catholic. But don't have. And I'm like I'm like you have no idea. I've never been to Los Angeles, but I could I could name the roster when I was a child. 
you know, Roman Gabriel, you know, all the way down. And that, that's how long ago it was, before Roman Gabriel was, a, was, a, was, a, was an eagle <laughs> when he was still with the Rams. All right, let's, let's, go, let's talk about the podcast. You know, you know, I love, I love listening to your podcast because, and, and, and you know, we're sitting around the, the barbecue shop a lot of times, Malcolm and Rochelle, and, and we're talking about the rubs and people, people asking me about your rub, about David's rubs, about Heath's rub, um, and, you know, we're talking about them and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden the talk will go into the personality realms, you know. I they'll say, have you listened to Malcolm and Rochelle's podcast? I say, yeah, I listen to it all the time, and um, you know, watch his videos and things of that sort. And uh, that they everybody that listens to your podcast says the same exact thing: is do they live together during the week? <laughs> because it, it is so funny when you two are are doing that show. It's like you ask, you'll ask Rochelle questions that it seems like any husband should know. Like, like what's your favorite movie? <laughs> you know, if I said, if my wife said, Steve, what's my favorite movie? If I didn't know the answer, <laughs> I would be in the doghouse. You see what I'm saying? So tell me, tell me about how that dynamic is going because I know the podcast is what, three years now, two years? Yeah, and and it's uh, it's it's quite unique. It, it's it's produced wonderfully. You've got a great you've got a great setup for it. How how did, how does that evolving from like day one to season three? I want to see what Shell thinks about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we you know we 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 knew we went to um, the MBBQA conference. Uh, we we went several years, and we're going back. But there was a I don't remember. I guess it was about three years ago. And there was a bunch of keynote speak or speakers that were talking about podcasts. Greg Rimpy was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the guys out in California, the Barbecue Beat guys were there, and and they were, you know, just talking about how popular and how successful their podcast had been. And we decided that, you know, we were we were going to try to do it. We didn't know anything about doing a podcast. We just decided we were going to try to do one because we thought it would be a good way. I mean, people see the videos that we make, but they don't really see the personality. And so, or everything that goes, yeah, that goes into it. Yeah. And, and so it's just a way for us to kind of sit down and talk weekly about how our, you know, how our weeks go and the videos we're doing, the, the contest we're cooking, or just whatever comes to our minds. And I look at it as it's kind of a therapy session for me and Shell. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the next question. Is there a therapist sitting across from you? And saying, Rochelle, how do you feel? How do you respond to Malcolm? <laughs> you know, Malcolm, does that make you angry when Rochelle does that? <laughs> you know, um, sometimes I'll ask him questions that we might have already talked about during the week, you know, but we need content for the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Sometimes he gives me completely different answers. So. Well, <laughs> the, well the, the, funny, the, the funniest the conversation I was listening to, I think it's on the latest one was uh, Rochelle made her notes, but she didn't have her notes. And you weren't scolding her, but you said, uh, well, why don't you have your notes? And then Rochelle said, well, the computer messed up. And, 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 and Mal, I think you said something like, yeah, we're waiting, to, we're waiting for one to get here or something like that. 
Did, and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, uh, do they not use Amazon? <laughs> you know, I mean, you can get one the next day, Malcolm. <laughs> you, know, they'll, you know, they'll bring it to you. Oh, oh, okay. From Seattle. Oh, my gosh. If they didn't have it, it wasn't available at Art at the Memphis Apple store. Oh. She had to have a certain color, and it had to have all this, you know, okay. processor and all that. See, I'm buying off the shelf, Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're ordering the Maserati, okay? <laughs> I'm, buying the, I'm buying the Ford Fusion. You're getting the Maserati ordered. <laughs> That, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. You know, you, you kind of went about it differently than a lot of people do. A lot of people start with the podcast, move into video, and then move into vlogging, where, where y'all have kind of done it uh, the other way around. Did y'all ever talk about that? Huh? We do everything we do is the other way around. <laughs> because we don't know. I mean, you know, we started out, we didn't have any clue what we were doing. We just knew that we wanted to do something. So we, we didn't have any training doing video, or I didn't have any training writing recipes, or Shell didn't have any camera training. We just learned. And I think it, that's how we developed our style. And Shell's got Shell has gotten really good with the camera, you know, knowing how to capture things, knowing how to get shots of food, mm -hmm. knowing where to be at the right time. And then I've kind of progressed in my cooking along the way, too, which was the whole goal of it to, to learn how to be a better pit master and then to share it. So. It's just kind of worked out for us. And the, the podcast um, really was just a fun way for us to sit down and, and talk and tell, and tell everybody what we've been up to. So, it's fun, too. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it, doing, show, doing shows is, that's why I do this. It, 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 I, I promote my store, and uh, I try to get the people that I sell their products, and who are not, like you, you guys, nice enough to come on. And uh, it, it's just a fun way to communicate your business to other people and said, you know, M Malcolm and Rochelle, I, I, I'm, I'm way older than you guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 60 years old. And I'm, I'm sure you guys, I think you're going to be 45 on your next birthday, Malcolm. Saturday. Yeah. You know, when I, when I went into business, you had to, this was 1983, 1984. You had to call the newspaper and say, I want to run an ad. They would send a representative out to you and you would tell that person what you wanted to do. And you would explain to them what you wanted in your ad. They'd take that idea. They'd go back downtown and give it to a copywriter. The copywriter would mock up an ad. He would. This is even before fax machines now. He would give it to the sales rep. The sales rep would bring it back to you. And you'd have to okay it. And then he would take it back downtown. And then they'd put it in the newspaper. And then you didn't know what section it was going to be in. And it was one day, $450. And the, and the first one I ever ran in a Chattanooga paper, guess where Steve Ray's Atlas Tire ad was? In the lifestyle section across from the Penny's lingerie ad. <laughs> I swear. I kid you not. So, you, you know, did I sell any tires? No. I didn't, you know, because the people reading that, they don't buy tires. They buy underwear, okay? I'm not selling underwear. So I, I was very frustrated. And, and, and you know, being in a small business, it's very difficult to find that advertising avenue. And, and that is what is so wonderful about what you do and, and what this internet and what Facebook, YouTube and has done. 
what what was your inspiration for starting the videos that you did, Malcolm? Because you've been doing it for so long now. And what I mean, what what made Malcolm Reed wake up one day and say, "I'm going to do videos on my back porch." Michelle kind of over, always overheard me talking barbecue and recipes and all this stuff with my buddies. And you pretty much said, hey, why don't, why don't we start a, a website and, you know, and share some of this stuff? And I was, you know, I, was, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say I was against it. I was just convinced that like, no, like nobody wanted to listen to me talk about barbecue. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, but I reluctantly said, okay, we'll do it. And I started writing some recipes and stuff for a newsletter. And then uh, Shell was doing some work with, um, and she was she was doing some marketing work online and they were doing YouTube videos. And, and so she said, let's, you know, try to do some video stuff. And I said, okay. And, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. She'll make it look good. Yeah. Those, those early ones when you're dragging the grill down into your the, the, the old I guess the old house that backyard with the mud and the, the big wooden fence. You know, I love them. I love them. I, you know, the first time I see him, I went, "That guy is just out there in the backyard. Just he just messing around, and I'm watching him, <laughs> and I want to be just like him. I mean, this is <laughs> you know what what's, what's yeah, dogs running around. The kid, Michael, you'd see Michael come through there a couple times. You'd put some, you'd say, Michael, flip that thing over there now. <laughs> and, uh, and he's just a little guy. So, but, you know, you know, fast forward to 2020, uh, especially in this time where you can't go and compete a lot. Um, did you, you your, your content is, is always, it's on time. It's, it's, it's always, you know, you, you can count on it. Everybody's, you know, everybody runs home Thursdays to see when, when, what, what, what you're cooking. Everybody knows he comes on Thursdays. Malcolm Malcolm comes on Thursday. And did you, was it harder for you to do videos during this time or was it easier because you had more time to plan for them? Um, I, I wouldn't say it was any harder. We doubled down. I mean, we, there was, when we first got locked down, you know, from COVID, we, we just decided since we weren't going to get to go anywhere, we were going to pump out a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we hit it hard. Um, I know going in every year that I'm going to slow down in late July and August because it's so damn hot here in Mississippi. Yep. And so we do, we have slowed down, but there for a while we were dropping, you know, a, a big recipe video. I was, I, I kicked off the delicious dinner stuff, which was just a different stuff, you know, mm -hmm. kind of cooking a quick meal or something like it was my night to cook. And then we did a lot more live Instagram stuff and we tried to bring in other people and do things, you know, uh, uh, remotely kind of on, on some Instagram live and, we just, it, it all kind of worked out. It gave us more time to plan, you know, and we did stay on schedule. It goes back to, to kind of having a game plan, what you're going to do. That mm -hmm. made it a lot easier, uh, us being able to plan it out. So what what did you do, Malcolm, before you went full-time into, into the barbecue supply business? I worked in commercial architecture. I, I worked for, uh, uh, well, actually, I, I worked for two different firms. And uh, we did, uh, that was my background in school, uh, architecture, so. Um, back when the recession hit 10, 15 years ago, I guess it was 08, 09. Yeah. I went through a, I went through a, a, a layoff and that second layoff for the company after the, the construction business started drying up, I, I got a severance and I told Rochelle that, that we're going to try this to make this barbecue thing work. We had enough money for what. To, we had gotten our tax return check. We got a severance. 
we had a little bit of savings and we figured out that we could survive till October, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was May, yeah. March, or April, and we could survive till October. And we just, we said once we hit October and don't have any money, we'll figure it out then. But yeah. So we started making content. I ordered 500 pounds of the barbecue rub. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up? I'm going I'm to show you all something right here. Who came up with the How to Barbecue Right uh, logo and, and uh, thing? Because that is such a, that is such a clever uh, tagline. I mean, it's, it, it, it almost says it all. You know what I mean? And, and, and so it has kind of evolved over the years. And I would say you probably did. You tweak it and have got it to where it is now, to where it's recognizable, I guess. I mean, now, Rochelle, I'm going to, I'm going to guess what you probably did. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you work now or not. Um, I'll bet you were a teacher. No. You weren't. I was in internet marketing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you, so that's, so you brought, she could she could elevate your game probably just like that. She knew, she knew all of the SEO stuff before anybody knew what SEO was. Mm-hmm. And so they were doing that. I mean, it was I mean, from herbal supplements to uh, batting lessons. You did it all on the market. <laughs> I mean, there has been times she worked. For, she always worked independently um, for other people, uh, you know, other people and stuff. So she's had a in the marketing background. I it very interesting. Yeah career yeah. <laughs> but we but but we have worked for ourselves i guess for i don't know i have for over 10 years how long have you um Probably. you went full-time i think i cried when she quit her last full-time job and i was like how are we gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> you know it's i don't know how we're gonna make it because i knew i i knew i was gonna you know i was i was full-time barbecue i didn't know how it was gonna support it the whole family because she still had a check coming in. That's right. You know, it's a sorry man that can't get up and get his wife off to work. You know? That's right. Zay, <laughs> hey, baby, you, you need to get out there. You know, The world's your oyster. Get out there. <laughs> I it as a cush job with a good paycheck. I was like, oh, we can't give that up. Say, so, Rochelle, you need to get out there knocking on doors. You got a computer in here? Hello? You got a computer in here? <laughs> well, the, well, good for y'all. It, it, it's an exciting time. And, uh, you know, you've, you've already beat the odds uh, of, as far as being in, in business for yourself. Uh, you know, most of the time, it doesn't last more than a year or so. And um, like We just got started, honestly. Every day is a challenge. It's, I mean, it's a mountain it's a of climb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, is, what is the, um, I asked this to, of uh, David Bosque a few weeks ago, Malcolm. I said, what was it like in a, a day in the life of a butcher? So what is what is the the day in the life of Malcolm and Rochelle Reed? It starts with a pile, yeah, a pile of emails, uh, phone, scheduled phone calls, trying to shoot uh, videos, and then mm-hmm. a full day of editing. Um, you know, uh, inventory, customer service. <laughs> customer yep. service is a big big percentage of the day. Answering emails uh, on you know uh, orders and things like that, mm-hmm. and then. Just random questions. I get thousands of those. We try to keep up with all the social media stuff, and it's a, it's a never-ending. You, you can never climb out of. It. 
there's, you know. And we're constantly we get, looking to do new stuff and send, setting new goals and, you know, new products and, and things like that. Yeah, so it's, yeah, we've got product development in there and new strategies. And, yeah, um, I heard you talking. You know, some of some of your um, some of the rubs that I've got of yours in the store, uh, I noticed they came in as uh, Malcolm Reeds. Yeah. You know, you dropped the the killer hogs and went with Malcolm Reeds. Is that something that we're going to see more of in the future? Are you going to try to maybe, since your name is is, is out there now, you're going to and uh, uh, you know you know when I you know Malcolm every time I when I thought think about you, and I guess because I've known I've known of you. We met a long time ago. I always thought of you as a cook, as a, a barbecue pit master. I never thought of you as the internet guy. You see what I'm saying? But uh, but you know you're you're. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how they say it. Rochelle, help me out here. Uh, you're transforming into this. Um, you know, you're more than barbecue now. You're you're into steak. You're into the things in your videos. Um, you know, you're in a really, you're really a live fire chef, so to speak. Are you going to try to capitalize on your name? Do you think that's the way how the barbecue right's going to go? And get away from the killer hogs thing? Well, well the killer hogs is the barbecue. Yeah, yeah. right. And then, so the Malcolm stuff is stuff other than barbecue. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're definitely, I mean, we've got, you know, plans to... To do other, you know, to do other things besides barbecue. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we're, you know, I, I, I love cooking in general, and me and Rochelle both are, are, you know, in the South. You know how it is. Families, everything takes place in the kitchen. Yeah. So my grandma was always cooking. My mom and dad was always cooking. So a lot of the stuff I've learned wasn't barbecue. I didn't get into barbecue until I was, you know, uh, a young adult. I really? Was, I was, you know, and, but, uh, but. The things that we grew up cooking and, and uh, you know learning from our parents and our families, those are things that I want to get put out there and share. So, you know, it's it's it, a lot of a lot of it's indoor cooking. You know, it's it's just kind of a southern lifestyle to me, where barbecue is a part of it. But there's so much other great stuff that that we enjoy cooking. We we're going to try to you know share some of that stuff too. So that's that's kind of where some of that Malcolm stuff is going. Um, any 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 ideas of having a a Malcolm and Rochelle in the kitchen sort of uh, videos or anything? Have, or have y'all done that yet? Yeah. So, so when got, when you moved from the to the house you're in now, did you build did you have that back porch area built, Malcolm, or was it something that you were looking for that you had to have in the house that you were looking to buy? It to yeah, it was something we had to have. It, it didn't have the top on it. We had to we had to have the top built and the bars built. Mm -hmm. But we had to have an area. So that yeah. was a big when we were looking for a new home that we had to, it had to have an outdoor cooking area that we could film at. So that was, you know, of all the houses we looked at, we were always looking to that first because we knew that, you know, we were, we were going to continue to do the YouTube thing and we wanted to be able to shoot in the, in the backyard. Yeah. Shower. yeah. 
Well, well you know, the, the, the setting is nice. The acoustics there are wonderful, as, as you know. And, and the background is, is, is it, it really does look like a, a very welcoming area to cook in. And, and, you know, that's important. You want to cook where you feel comfortable at. You know, it's better than dragging the, dragging the PK down off the deck into the, the little backyard, you know, with the, with the dog and the, and the kids running around trying to do a video. Which, uh, well, they were excellent. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it, it's just the way that, the way that you have, um, uh, uh, you know, elevated your, your, your game is just is remarkable. And you can tell that you're, you're very concerned about putting out a, uh, a quality product. Now, now, let's talk about the big fails. When when you had a uh, when you had what's like the the biggest one you can remember when you had a uh, a cook planned and going and it just said enough Rochelle turn the camera off this isn't gonna work. I can, there was the first thing that comes to my mind is he tried to do a beer can turkey. And he used a giant beer can. And it, well, I was gonna say one of those Australian beer things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The turkey was delicious, yeah. but we couldn't salvage the recipe. Uh, you know that that was one. Um, so that one ended up on the on the cutting room floor, huh? I've done some I've done some lamb that's been horrendous before. Like when I was trying to work on that lamb rib recipe, the first couple times I tried that, they were we would just have to scrap the video. I would just refuse. It was just horrible. <laughs> and there's been several like that. It was some, a tuna. There was a there was a fresh tuna. I was going to sear on the green egg and put the the pepper crust on the outside of it. Uh -huh. it fell apart on me on the grill. We couldn't salvage anything on it. I mean, oh, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Concerned about it being the best. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Is, so. Oh well, you know when people do the videos, it, it's nothing. It's nothing funnier than saying, you know, when, when they when they show the you know the ta-da moment. It looks like crap, and then say, "Well, you know, I, I may have cooked it a little too long. I had to run down to the store, and you know, they give, they start making all their excuses why, you know, why their, uh, you know, while their pork butt looks like uh, uh, a pool of water because it's, you know, they cooked it up to 260 degrees, or 260 degrees, and it just, you know, splattered instead of pulled apart. Now you you bought a building. Now what kind of a building, and and what is what are you going to put in this building? Well, it's. Uh... 7,500 square foot building. It's part office, part warehouse, uh, part, I guess you would call it conference room. We're going to use it for a classroom. Mm -hmm. And then it has a small retail area up front. So we're going to use it for our headquarters pretty much. Uh, you know, we plan to have, a, a, we're going to call it Malcolm Shop. This is going to be you know, a place where you come and there's things in there that, that I would buy or that I would want, mm -hmm. yeah, something like that. And it's going to be stuff driven towards men. You know, I'm sure there's there's some things in there women might want, but uh, you know, but but mostly it's a man shop, pretty much. So you're gonna you're gonna have your product in there, all your rubs and, and sauces. We're gonna have some, we're gonna have some barbecue stuff in there. Of course, we'll have all our stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I'm gonna use it as a place to sell things that I use. I mean, stuff that I cook with in the video, like cast iron or my crawfish rig. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, things, cutting boards, cutting boards yeah, knives, like yeah, things like that. Uh, apparel, 
Um, you know, I may have, we're, we've got some things that works with a couple different grills. We're not going to go grill heavy, but I may sell, uh, you know, two, two or three different models of a grill that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the most excited about having a dedicated place to do our classes, like yeah. barbecue classes and demos and, and things like that. Because up until now, we either had to rent a place or travel or, or do yeah. something like that. So this really gives us a lot of freedom to set it up the way we want it and create a really cool, comfortable area to have people in to, to do classes and demos. And um, I don't know what else we're going to do. Dinners. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we've got a, 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 a better podcast studio space there that we're going to be able to set up with mm-hmm. better, better, you know, better sound. Kind of, there's no windows, no, you know, it's it's kind of its own little room. Yeah. And, no mice. Yeah. <laughs> no mice. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do y'all do the podcast from your house now? No, we do it from our, what we're calling the old office. Oh. It's kind of like a... It was an old house that uh, we were renting. Converted to a nail salon, uh, uh, hair yeah, shop. Yeah, it was a hair salon for a while, it yeah. was a nail shop for a while, and then... Now it's hot barbecue right office. Yeah. That's... Well, you know, you know, you talk about a place to do schools, Malcolm. Uh, you and I attended Donnie Bray School, the first one he had in the new barn, and and what an inspiration that would would have been. Right. You know, to to I mean, because his uh, that was that was still as many schools as I've been to since, and that was still the uh, the most wonderful education experience I ever had in barbecue, as far as videos, acoustics, being able to see, and everything. That's the feel. Yeah. Not that much space. Yeah. We're, we're, ours will probably be 30 to 40 tops, but we want it to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, we want everybody to have a, a decent table to sit out, comfortable chair, plenty of room to spread out, you know. Air conditioning. Yeah, air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. It actually has a show, it has a kitchen space in this new building where we're going to kind of turn it into like a, a demo kitchen area where I can, mm-hmm. we're going to have a couple of different places where we can have sets to, to do more filming at. So oh. I can you know, do some stuff up there as well as have stuff here at the house too. Well, that's very exciting because you you know you being there in the Memphis area that that the population is, I don't have to tell you is huge there, and you are so close to other um, barbecue meccas just in in your area when you draw that big circle around it. I mean you know you're 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 hitting Texas, Louisiana, Kansas City. You're, I mean you're you're you've got a great marketing area for what you do. And, um, and I, you know, I don't care, I don't care where barbecue is as far as, you know, the, the number of contests that have been canceled, uh, number of events that have been canceled, people that are interested in, in barbecue. And I, and I see more and more people who have no interest in competition, but they have a great interest in learning more about competition or about just doing good barbecue rather. You know they're looking for these schools. Oh yeah, definitely. And I know you and and uh, I think it was Heath teamed up down in Arizona. Was it a, a year or so ago? I've done one there with him. I've teamed up with the Swine Life guy. Yeah. And Mark Lambert in the past. I've you know I've done a lot of stuff with other people. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a great idea. The one you did with Matt down in at his yeah, place. I did with Matt last last summer. Yeah. We were to go back this year, but of course that's all been. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But but they're they're wonderful and um, and I'm, I know the students that go there, uh, they get their money's worth because they're not cheap and the reason they're not cheap because they're expensive to put on, you know. Sure. Well, you know because you always sit there and you know you've always got that guy in the cooking class who 
should be paying attention to what what you're saying. But he's looking around counting one, two, three, four, five. I paid twenty five. You know, he's doing the math. You know, how, how much is this guy making? You know, that, that, that is always that guy in the room. You know, and uh, you know he's he's the one that finishes thirtieth in the barbecue contest. But he knows how much you you netted. You know, <laughs> so you know why are you there? You know, you are you there to do math or are you there to learn to cook? You know, I, I'm of the I'm of the uh, opinion. I don't care what you make, make me better. And, and that's why I go to these schools. All right, let's recap for everybody. I, I, I really appreciate you taking this much time with I know you're busy. And, um, and I know you're doing this as a favor because I, I sell your stuff, Mal Malcolm, and, and I really appreciate you and Rochelle. And Rochelle, and I appreciate you coming in off the bench and uh, filling in too. Uh, let's, let's recap for the people on the tailgating to make sure. Let's, let's hit three big, three to three to five big things that you need to make your next uh, tailgating football party. I'm not, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking barbecue. I'm talking tailgating successful. Prep, prep, prep ahead. Yep. So you enjoy the game. You know, you, you, of course, you got to have a cooler. You got to keep your cool stuff cool. Mm -hmm. Your warm stuff warm. So they have to have an empty cooler that they can get more, serve as a hot box. Um, I would think it. You would need to have um, your serving stuff, Shell. That's a big thing. Uh, yeah, you don't have to make a tailgate cute, but for the women, they like to. The, uh... <laughs> yeah, but but don't don't do it one time, and uh, you know the other wives are going, "Oh my God, did you see this? <laughs> did you see this? what are these people doing? You know, where do they live, Hernando?" <laughs> <laughs> well, the biggest thing is the prep. Prep ahead, man. If you prep ahead, you'll enjoy the game so much more. Get a game plan going in. Do you know? Do your long cooking or whatever it is. Have it where you can just warm something up and serve. You know, serve a lot of stuff that's easily to, to, to eat while you're standing around talking, having a good time. Because yeah. if you got, you know, if you're holding a beer in one hand, you got a little plate on top of it with a couple of little, you know, different foods on there, and you've got a hand to eat with. That's all you need for a tailgate. If you do, you have y'all have any of the beer the beer uh, beer can plates, those round plates with the holes in the middle? Yeah, where you set it on top of it. Yeah. I've got those. Those are those are those are the best thing ever invented for for a tailgate. Tailgate. Yeah, they make them for the beer cans. They make them for wine glasses. They got a little thing on the side where you can see if you if you're a wine drinker, you you you. They're great. They're they're great. You, yeah, they're perfect. You can get them on Amazon too, and uh, they're cheap. God, they're cheap. You can buy like ten of them for twelve bucks. I mean, they're they're almost free. Rochelle, Malcolm, thank you so much. You don't know how much I appreciate y'all coming on with us. I hope y'all had as good a time as I did. And uh, one of these days, Malcolm and Rochelle, we're going to get you to Ottawa, Tennessee, okay? It's, it's not that far. You go down 72. You know, you, to get here, you go through Alabama. That's the quickest way. Right. And uh, you may, I don't know, have you ever been to Chattanooga, Malcolm? Oh, uh, yeah, I have. I've been through there, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's five hours, I would say. Yeah, it, it's doable. It's doable. We'll we'll do a plan thing maybe maybe next uh, spring, maybe even next fall when everything gets back gets back right. Maybe we can have a big uh, event here and um, get you over here, and we'll sell some rub and sauces and uh, cook up some barbecue, and we'll just have a big time. Cool, man. Well, thank thank you, Steve. It was a pleasure, man. You bet. Take care, and thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Malcolm and Rochelle Reed live here on the Owl's Nest. Barbecue show. What a great couple. What a great time. Thank you, Jeff Maxwell. 
Thank you, Wes Phillips, for all your support during the show. We really appreciate it. We got to go now. We're going to head out and go to. Uh, let's see here. Let me get my. Uh, let me get my thing up here. Dagummit. We'll get out with this. Uh, don't forget, we'll be back next Thursday night right here at 7 o'clock for the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show. We have got new products at the Owl's Nest Barbecue Supply Pro Shop in Ottawa. Carolina Cookwood just hit the doors today. We've got pecan. We have got white oak. We've got hickory. We've got apple. And we've got cherry. Also, three large pallets of Barbecuer's Delight pellets hit the door yesterday. We're putting them out. We've got the best selection of cooking woods and the best selection of cooking pellets in the Chattanooga Tri-State area. Come and see us this weekend at the Owl's Nest Barbecue Store. We sure would appreciate it. And until next Thursday night, everybody, good night and good luck. Yeah.